0: Good morning everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. I'm indoors today so I have my little um dragon wind chimes if you're on video you could see the dragon the uh, this thing broke the little bracket beneath but. I think this works for indoor wind chimes what do you think or should I make a recording of the outdoor ones inquiring minds want to know but I mean it differentiates indoor from outdoor today is Tuesday October 12th a stormy blustery day here in Santa Fe so I'm indoors me and the plants indoors being protected from freezing um feeling much better today thank you to all of you who uh sent good wishes and uh said that you hoped I would feel better. Uh yeah. Lots better today. Actually I think I look better don't I look better. Yeah. It's one of those things that people never mean it wrong when they say that you look tired but it's but it's also true. I mean we show so much on our faces of how we feel and uh, yeah I think i I think I just, you know, my mom is so funny. I love you, mom. She's like, do you think you have mono? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think I have mono. Um, I think that it's just that accumulation of, you know, during lockdown, we all got so rested because we didn't have a choice. And then we go out and start doing all these things again. And even though I haven't been doing massive massive travel I have been going somewhere pretty much every month and pushed hard on those two deadlines and it's just tiring and I point out pointed this out to my mom you know like going to San Diego for a birthday weekend um when they got back they were tired and it's like you know what it turns out that traveling's tiring and I think while we all kind of knew this, (laughs) you know, like we would come back from trips and be tired or whatever. Um, I think it's all, you know, it's like that frog in the boiling water analogy, which gets overused, but it's, it's useful, you know, that if you put a frog in boiling water, it'll do its best (laughs) that we say it hops out, but will it, (laughs) is it able to, but the, the idea is there. Um, but if you put it in a pot of cold water and gradually heat it up, um, it won't react in the same way. And I think that that's, it's the way that our senses work. The way our brains work is that we, we are constantly adjusting to the kinds of input and output, uh, that we have. And, you know, I remember when I was traveling for the day job and I was, I've I've talked about this before you know traveling sometimes two weeks out of every month for months on end and I got pretty used to it but looking back on it I can see that I was completely exhausted you know I was utterly sleep deprived and completely exhausted and you know we I think we get used to we become accustomed to a particular state of exhaustion and once that goes away, we we kind of wake up and be like, "Oh, wait! I did, that feeling that I was feeling all the time was actually exhaustion, and it's I don't have to feel that." Uh, <laughs> it you know, and it's just funny. It's the same thing with stress. You know, like you go on vacation and you've been, you don't think that you were all that stressed, or you think, "Oh well, I was kind of stressed, but it wasn't so bad." Uh, And then you go on vacation. And for me, it's like around day three of a vacation. All of a sudden you can just feel yourself let go. And you're just like, oh, and you realize that was all that stress that you were carrying around. So, um, finding ways to have that be our lives instead of a break from our lives I think is the goal. It's um, but it's hard because because we get do get used to it. I think that's partly what's going on with um, you know, like people not being able to get labor at these restaurants. Um, you know, like I don't know about you guys but around here, you know, we still have all these places saying um, you know, we can't get enough staff for you know so we won't be open for dinner. I've got a fuzzy on my sleeve. Isabel says hello. Um, you know and people are saying oh well it's because everybody wants to stay home and collect unemployment benefits because they make more money that way and it's like okay well first of all if unemployment benefits pay more than your stinking job then problem a Uh, but also. I don't you know here they've ended you know the unemployment benefits for a pandemic have have ended and it is not easy (laughs) David was collecting unemployment because he wasn't safe driving for Uber and Lyft during the pandemic and you know you have to go in and certify stuff every week and you know and they make you document all kinds of stuff and I mean it is not a picnic you guys anyone who makes it sound like it's really simple it is not you know and that's for someone with a college degree and higher certifications and stuff you know I don't know how somebody who you know is like maybe not graduated from high school I don't know how they find their way through that morass but it's definitely not because it's the easy way to do things but I do think that one thing that people discovered while they were um, on lockdown and having to take unemployment or having to come up with other things was people found gigs that um, were less awful than you know like waiting tables at a restaurant. I've waited tables at a restaurant and it's a sucky job. It was one of my least favorite jobs cocktail waitress being top of the list of least favorite jobs but um. You know food food business restaurant business is um it's a tough gig it's tiring it's stressful it does not pay well and so if people found other things that they could do for equivalent or better money why not and I think people also found just quality of life you know that it's like oh hey it's actually really nice not to be doing these low paying. Crappy jobs. You know, maybe I would like to continue having an actual life where I don't have to do this and I I feel like there's a, a a lot of um, a lack of compassion there right? Speaking of lack of compassion. My mom sent me an article from the New Yorker that is a good follow up to yesterday when I was talking about um the bad art friend article. I think it's funny because the original article from the New York Times is called who is the bad art friend uh, with the question mark posing the question and but that phrase is drawn from uh the gal whose whose life and letter were plagiarized where she wrote to the gal who had written this short story uh, that was essentially a takedown of everything she hated about the other gal. Um, Dorland and Larson Dorland being the one who was the kidney donor and Larson being the one who sort of plumbed her life for a short story and also did her best to um to blast Dorland. Uh at one point. Dorland wrote to Larson and in her kind of disingenuous way said I feel like you've been a bad art friend. Um, which sums up a whole lot about what people probably find ridiculous about her and yet what a great phrase right? I mean it certainly stuck with us the bad art friend. So my mom sent me an article from the New Yorker that's essentially a review of Larson's short story and I will link to that because it is a very interesting review. Uh and at first I thought well I don't want to read this because the reviewer said well that a lot of people are correctly pointing out that so many people engaged in this debate uh never read the original short story and and I thought well doesn't matter (laughs) doesn't matter but then reading this gals really incisive and thoughtful take on it um I I found that it did make a difference to me um because she said you know part of Larson's defense of herself is that this was in the service of art bad art friend or not that she was doing this in order to You know because it was just too good because it was too important because it said what she wanted to say. So the reviewer kind of came at it from the angle of okay. Was the art created. Um, indeed worthy of these choices and it's very interesting because she reinforces a lot of my take which so of course I think it's brilliant but she basically says her conclusion is is that because Larson finds the character of Dorland so contemptible and laughable that ultimately the story fails because she she can't make Dorland's alter ego that character into a sympathetic character. She's so intent on taking her down that she can't um, you know that she just ends up being flat and even the protagonist the chinese woman chinese american woman um ends up being flat also because she comes across as as weirdly weirdly hostile in some ways the reviewer put it much better than I did but it's worth reading I'll I'll link to that but um it was interesting because at the end of the last line of the article she said that ultimately and I'm paraphrasing ultimately the story fails because of what it lacks which is kindness Uh, which is really well put because you know in the original version of the stories it was called kindly dawn which is how dorland signs her letters. Um you know and it does seem like we have these continuing conversations right about kindness and what does it matter and I've been talking with my friend Kelly Robson about these articles both of them and Kelly has really good insights too because Kelly understands a whole lot more about uh, people who come from a severely abusive background and she was pointing out that so much about Dorland and she and Dorland is open about this that she had a traumatic childhood and kelly's like you know so much about her is evidence of this abusive past and that she's busy doing things that nobody can argue are good things to do because she wants to be loved and approved of and and kelly's like that's just classic abuse symptoms um you know and so it just makes it I don't know that much more awful to me that Larson and her circle of friends um, found Dorland so contemptible that that they just couldn't even find it in themselves to be kind. You know, it's um, you don't have to like a person you don't have to be friends with a person but how much does it really take to be kind to somebody especially somebody who is damaged. You know it's a it's a good question and and it's something that has I don't know become become come a, kind of a thing right with uh, the current political situation or the ongoing political situation where there is a contingent of people who find kindness contemptible. Um as a sign of weakness and and is it I mean it seems to me like being kind to somebody like Dorland uh, would have required a great deal of strength right? It takes strength not to succumb to the animal instinct to expel. The weak and the sick from the herd Uh, to be kind in the face of frustrating and annoying behavior even behavior where someone seems is so desperately attention seeking right someone who really wants to be loved and approved of and becomes really irritating in their quest. Uh, It takes a lot to be kind to somebody like that. And it's it's amazing to me one thing that sticks with me and I'll probably keep mulling it is that like Larson and her circle of her of friends you know <laughs> did at any point someone say hey you know this is kind of uncool you guys this this isn't a, a nice thing to be doing maybe they did maybe that person did and they did the emotionally healthy thing and they stepped away which is what many of us would do. It's like I, I can't be part of this right? So um, <laughs> in in completely unrelated news. of uh, and maybe you all were being kind to me, but I only noticed on yesterday's podcast after I had like on my final thing where I share it to Instagram, I noticed that I had this like total cow licking could still kind of see it here at the back of my head. Um, it was totally sticking up you guys yesterday. And, and I kind of say, want to say how come nobody told me, but of course you are too kind to tell me or it was too late, which it was but um, it was funny because I washed my hair Sunday night before bed and I blew it dry but apparently I didn't blow it dry quite enough and so I've got this like I even wet it down and poked it down but I feel like you mom. My mom has an eternal cowlick that she is always fighting and so I feel like uh, a bit of solidarity with that uh, minor things right but still I thought it was funny I was l- uploaded and I was like "Well, shit. <laughs> got this big old lumpy thing on the back of my head. Maybe you guys didn't notice oh well in the grand scheme it doesn't matter. It's a small thing but um, it's uh, sometimes we focus on the little things in order not to worry about the big ones right. So I'm going to I'm still not done with the secret project um, although I am close. I am at oops let's see if we can see here I'm at 18,000 words and I'm I'm shooting for somewhere in the neighborhood of 20. Um, I sent it to Dorinda to read last night I finally the part that I got to feels a lot better. Um, so I sent it to her last night and she has not emailed me with one of her e. This is so great. I love it so much. So she may tell me that the part that I think sucks, sucks. But um, at least I feel like the part I'm in now is better. So we'll see. Uh, It's probably going to be another week on this project. And uh, Grey Magic will be pushed back into January. It's just a question of how much. And I'm sorry. But uh, I was giving someone else this advice the other day. You know, sometimes that's just how it goes. And you just have to figure on that. I'm not going to adjust the release release date until I have a better fix um, of when it's going to go up in other exciting news though uh, look for the cover reveal of the fire of the frost coming tomorrow Uh, this is the midwinter holiday fantasy romance anthology that I am doing with the fabulous Dorinda Jones the equally fabulous Grace Draven and the Frenchy fabulous Amanda Boucher. Uh, we're putting together the one-liners. I am setting up the pre-orders today cover reveal tomorrow. Mm, very exciting stuff. So on that note I will toast you all with my mug. I've got my uh, little taste of paradise mug today. Uh, a bit of Saint Thomas for um to counterbalance the the wintry weather. I'll remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network, and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Bye Bye.